Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you oh so much for the many, many blessings you've poured upon us all throughout this day. Now the awesome opportunity to get back into your word. We truly thank you for it. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Continuing our Bible study of made to Z in the word lead, we see in Isaiah chapter 3, one verse here, which reads, As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err, and destroy the way of thy paths. Leaders that are not leading in the will of the Lord. Leaders that are damaging a whole nation of people. We have clearly seen that on display in these days, but also over in Isaiah in chapter 9, further speaking about this particular situation, we see here in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 13, For the people turneth not unto him that smiteth them, neither do they seek the Lord of hosts. Therefore the Lord will cut off from Israel head and tail, branch and rush in one day. The ancient and honorable, he is the head. And the prophet that teacheth lies, he is the tail. For the leaders of this people cause them to err, and they that are led of them are destroyed. The leaders were not leading properly. And because of that, the entire people were suffering for it. They were not following the proper leaders. They were not following godly leaders. They had lifted up and appointed leaders that were not godly. And in verse 17, Therefore the Lord shall have no joy in their young men, neither shall have mercy on their fatherless and widows, for every one is an hypocrite and an evildoer, and every mouth speaketh folly. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. Judgment coming upon the children of Israel at this time. That Isaiah was given the wisdom to share to the children of Israel. We need to know it's very important to lift up godly leaders and to be sincere, not to be hypocrites, to be honest in our dealings with each other and most of all with the Lord. Over in Isaiah chapter 11, we see some prophecies of the blessings that are going to be coming upon the children of Israel and all of us and the prophecies of the last days and then the prophecies of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And here we see the prophecy of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, in chapter 11 of Isaiah. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Now this is talking about the bloodline of Jesse, the father of David, all the way down to Jesus Christ, 
by the bloodline of Mary all the way back to Jesse, prophesied and fulfilled. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. These are prophecies that go all the way over into the last days. The power of the word of Jesus Christ. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Now this prophecy goes all the way over into the millennial kingdom. As it continues, And the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. This, speaking of the lion eating straw like an ox, when Jesus Christ spoke all the animals into existence, they were designed and perfectly capable of eating just fruits and vegetables, the plants, we as well as all the animals, not consuming the animals and each other. And the suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp, which is a deadly snake. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den, another venomous snake. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. A little glimpse into the setting of the millennial kingdom. When the Lord will restore this planet back to its perfection, back to its original design of peaceful existence among the animals and mankind, and rule and reign for that thousand years. A little glimpse of that given to them back then, not fully understood, and even today not fully understood. But the closer we get to it, the more it will be revealed, and then ultimately, during the Millennial Kingdom, there'll be full understanding given. I right, now turn on over to Isaiah in chapter 40. Here, speaking of being gently led by the Lord, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the Lord's hand double for, her, for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness... Prepare ye the way of the Lord, 
make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Now this verse 3 here goes all the way over into fulfillment of the prophecy of the coming of John the Baptist to prepare the way for Jesus Christ to begin his earthly ministry. As he continues, Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the cro crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. The voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand for ever. O Zion, that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. Getting directly into the prophecy there of the coming of the Lord, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm, and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young. Gently lead. And that applies to the future for the children of Israel when this was delivered to them by Isaiah. That we look back to partial fulfillment of the coming of Jesus Christ and beginning his earthly ministry. And we look forward to further leading of the Lord through the millennial kingdom. And then, of course, for eternity. All right, now look at Isaiah in chapter 49. Further reference to being led. In Isaiah chapter 49, picking it up in verse 8. This saith the Lord, In an acceptable time have I heard thee, and in a day of salvation have I helped thee. And I will preserve thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth, to cause to inherit the desolate heritages. That thou mayest say to the prisoners, Go forth to them that are in darkness, show yourselves, they shall feed in the ways, and their pastures shall be in all high places. They shall not hunger nor thirst, neither shall the heat nor sun smite them. For he that hath mercy on them shall lead them. Even by the springs of water shall he guide them. And I will make all my mountains a way, and my highways shall be exalted. Behold, these shall come from far, and lo, these from the north and from the west, and these from the land of Sinem. 
Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord hath comforted his people, and will have mercy upon his afflicted. Here again, the blessings of Jesus Christ being poured upon his people. His people here specifically talking about the Jews, but applying later to all born-again Christians, Jews and Gentiles. All right, now go to Isaiah in chapter 55, in verse 8. Here we see a very important verse. When we try to figure things out, we need to know that there's things that we will not understand, that are too high for us to understand, that are too complex for us to understand. The Lord gives us revelation as we can handle it. But we need to fully and completely seek the Lord while He may be found and get the guidance that He can give us. As He says in Isaiah chapter 55, picking up verse 6, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. We need to turn to the Lord, to our God, and he will abundantly pardon us. Verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. So beyond what we can comprehend are the thoughts of the Lord. He gives us a blessing of understanding of His will and His way through studying His Word and listening to the Holy Ghost. But we need to understand that it all comes from the Lord. It is not our thoughts that are important. It's His thoughts that are important and that are way beyond what we can comprehend. Need a little explanation here in verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth the bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. The power of the word of the Lord. Going out, doing what it needs to do, not by the power of man, but by the power of God. Beyond what we can comprehend, yes, but we're still supposed to listen up, yield to the will of the Lord, do what He wants us to do, and not think that we have clear understanding of the thoughts of God. Verse 8 again, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. And then back over there in verse 12, for ye shall go out with joy 
and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Isn't it awesome that when we yield to the Lord and submit ourselves completely, that He will lead us and that we can have confidence that when we're spreading the gospel, when we're sharing His word, that it will perform a purpose. It will perform what the Lord wants it to. Because it says there in verse 11 again, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. The word of the Lord. Not the word of man. Don't get that twisted around and thinking that our individual people and pastors and preachers and missionaries and teachers and so forth, that their word is powerful. No. When we speak the word of God, the word of God is powerful. And that's what he's saying here. His word, not our word, but his word is powerful. And then when we do that, we can be at peace. Because he says that in verse 12 here. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Listen to the Lord. Take the opportunities He gives us to share His Word. His Word. But be very careful not to take credit for what His Word will accomplish. Because it accomplishes that by His power, His might. Because it's His Word. Even though we might be sharing His Word, it's not our words, it's His Word that does the great work. All right, now let's jump all the way over to the New Testament in Matthew in chapter 4. We see another reference here of, of being led, where it reads, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Let's look at this verse a little deeper. If you notice in... Your translations, the one I have here, King James Version, the word spirit here is not capitalized. Throughout the King James Version, where you have the spirit being reference to the spirit of God, they capitalize the word spirit. Here it is not. So this would suggest that it is not the Holy Ghost that is leading the Lord here. Now, some of the commentaries will say that the Holy Ghost led Jesus to this temptation, and others say that no, because of the way it was translated here, that it is not the Holy Ghost. Either way, he was led into this temptation. So if he was led by the Holy Ghost to go into this temptation, he would be led into that to prove his deity, his holiness, his loyalty 
to the Heavenly Father. And also, if you look at it the other way, if this was Satan leading Jesus, why would Jesus yield to the will of Satan? Maybe because he wanted to prove that, okay, I'll take on your challenge and prove that you have no power over me. So that's another way to look at it. So it can be applied and we can learn either way that this temptation being brought to Jesus was either he was led that way by a challenge given to him by Satan or that he was led as a manner of proving his loyalty and deity by being led by the Holy Ghost. Let's read that again. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone." Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Standing up against the devil, using the word of God against the devil. The devil was trying to use the word of God against Jesus Christ, which was kind of ironic, but that's what he was trying to do there. And we see these kind of temptations come upon us when our adversaries try to use the Word of God. They twist it around and try to use it in an improper way, just like Satan was doing right here. But we can come back with the proper use of the Word of God, and then that will win that argument or win that challenge or deflect that temptation and neutralize that whole situation and bring honor and glory to the Lord through that very thing. Now let's look at another reference to being tempted over in Matthew chapter 6 when we see the model prayer being taught. In Matthew chapter 6, let's pick it up in verse 5. It reads, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. 
their reward is the praise of man for being such awesome oracles, to be able to speak such elegance and such inspiring words. But are they hypocrites? Here he's showing that they are doing it for their own praise, and that's all they're going to get out of it. Because it says they have their reward. That's it. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Now, some people take this literally and go into seclusion, into hiding somewhere and pray. There's nothing wrong with that if that's what it takes for you to get that focused. But really, we can be in the midst of a crowd and close the doors around us, isolate ourselves with our mind, and focus 100% on the Lord and our prayer. In that, we can close ourselves in in such a way as I say, even in the midst of a big, heavy crowd or a lot of hustle and bustle, we can still do that. And we need to do that. We need to do that on a regular basis to totally 100% focus on our communication to and from the Lord. That's what prayer really is, communication. Read verse 6 again. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for much speaking. Now, this is not talking about don't repeat your words. This says vain repetitions. They get into a prayer, and they just repeat it, and they're not focusing on the meaning of the words or the importance of the words or what they're truly saying. It's just this is a, a spell. Well, let me say these words, and magically things will happen just like I want it to because it's a spell. No, it's a communication, sincere, honest communication with the Lord can be repeated because he gave us that example when he prayed before being crucified he went three times and prayed the same words and gave us that example that we can repeat a prayer over and over as long as that prayer is sincere as long as it is right from the heart not just a memorized verse or a memorized prayer or a memorized statement or request whatever that you just repeat over and over and over because you feel comfortable with the way it sounds and the people are impressed by it. No, then it becomes repetitious, vain repetitious, vain being worthless and not of any real meaning. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard of their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. He knows what we need before we even ask for it, but he still wants us to ask him for it because our asking for it represents our faith and trust that he can give us what we're asking for. 
And he gives his example here in verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And here the key verse pertaining to our word study. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That don't lead us into temptation. We just read how the Lord gave us the example of when you are led into temptation to overcome those temptations by the power of God, by the power of His Word. But here it's a request. Please don't lead us into those temptations, but deliver us from evil. The evil that He's speaking here is the evil potential that is within ourselves. Deliver us from that. When we are delivered from the evil, then those temptations don't have any power over us. Let's read that again. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Key part there. That we need to overcome the temptations to release the evil that is within all of us. And then verse 14 and 15, he plugs into here, which is very important. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Got to throw that in there. Because back up there in verse 12, where it says, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. He gave us the example of forgiveness. We need to be forgiving as well. And ask for that leadership. Ask for that guidance. And ask Him to not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank You for Your leading and guiding us. And we ask for that, to lead us into the right pathway, to keep us on that pathway, to bring honor and glory to You in everything that we say, everything that we do, every step that we take. And we thank you, oh, so much for your word and the opportunity we've had to be able to study it. Help us all stay hungry to dig deep in there to find that message you want us to have. And encourage us to go out and share that with others as well. Thank you, oh, so much for all of it as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.